Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, now. I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe-to-toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Bring us in here on Friday, October 30th, 2015. Emil, that kind of stuff there, that's what you play when you're trying to stall for time here. <laughs> that's exactly Oh, really? Cuz I was I was starting to put I was starting to put on my USC uniform. I was getting ready. <laughs> uh yeah, I put on my eye black and we are here and ready for Football Friday edition week number 9. Emil, can you believe that week number 9 already? And Stop uh, already. I don't want to count. I, get, I know. I don't sometimes like counting slows it down, you know, because, you know, sometimes. You think? Yeah, I think it does. You look down, you think it's week seven, you look up, it's really week eight, nine. You haven't been keeping track. You start to get sad. But nevertheless, there was a football game last night, Emil, and I don't know. this. We had Sap on on Tuesday, and uh, he really gave us a little inside look at what it's like to be playing a road Thursday night football game if you're an NFL football player. And I'll be damned, Emil. You know, these games really have been one-sided. They've not been all that great in terms of drama. And that was the case again last night, another blowout. But in the, inside of this, is herein is where I think lies an even bigger problem. And I haven't really paid attention, so I'll go back and look. But it looks like the Dolphins are going to lose Cameron Wake for the entirety of the season now. Uh, with what happened? Achilles I didn't see. Day. I didn't hear what happened. What happened to him? Apparently, there's a torn Achilles tendon. I could be wrong on that, but uh, this man. is the kind of stuff um, you're gonna get. And you know, again, let me, let me, yeah, tears his Achilles tendon, and so he's gone for the season. And I think this is the kind of stuff you're gonna get when guys play on Sunday, then turn around and play on Thursday. 
You know, we're talking about yeah, we're not talking about high school football players. We're not talking about college football players. By the time you're in the league and you're in there for several years, as Cam Wake has been, and he's not one of your older NFL players, but still, there's a certain amount of wear and tear on those key areas of your body: your knee joint, your Achilles tendon, your shoulder, uh, your shoulder joints. And it only stands to the reason that when you pile two games together in in you know what is that four days, five days. Yep. Going to start getting stuff like that happening, and so the Dolphins not only lose last night, but get dealt a serious blow um, on on what is to be the strongest part of their entire team, not just the defense. Uh, losing Cameron Wake, the NFL really has to take a good, hard, long look. They're at not. What they're doing. You heard what you heard what Sapp said. He's right. They're not. Listen, the money keeps flowing in. People aren't changing the channel. The NFL doesn't. Maybe I'm overstating it when I say they don't care about players. They care about them in the sense that that's how they make their money, marketing them, and they're an investment for the owners. But this whole notion that they, you know, they're concerned about player health, they're concerned because they could get sued. That's the only reason they're concerned. I know that sounds Well, cynical. here's a reason for them to be concerned. These games are not competitive. Uh, and I really think that if college football, instead of being afraid of the NFL on Thursday nights, made a better and stronger effort at – uh, putting good matchups on Thursday night to go head-to-head with the NFL, I'm willing to bet they could really rob them of that audience and maybe push the NFL back on that whole thing. We don't need we don't need these games until after Thanksgiving. Just leave it the way that Can it I was. Can I tell you man. something? I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I will say this. I'm always dubious of that relationship. I almost feel like the, the powers that be in college football – understand that they're a feeder league for the NFL, and because all these people tend to run in the same circles and know each other, they're wealthy individuals, I almost wonder if there's not the wink, wink, nod, 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 I don't worry, we won't put on the uh, yeah, Florida-Alabama game, or we won't put on the uh, USC-Stanford game. But trust me, I'm telling you, the the NFL, for, for all they say about player safety, their actions don't don't show you that they care about player safety. They don't. I mean, they, they can talk about it all they want, but when you, like we talked about with Sapp, when you have a guy playing a game on Sunday, then coming back three days later, and they're doing this all year. If it was just once a year, Thanksgiving, you suck it up, you get to be on national TV, but you're doing this all year. You're putting on crap, crap games. One of the things, there's a few things that, you know, obviously we do a football show. Obviously I like the NFL. I'm not going to pretend I don't, but, but what's pushed me more towards being a college fan, as far as what I like to follow more, is a few things with the NFL. We've talked about the way um, it's it's become commercialized. We talked about the rules. Okay, we, the big thing for me is the injuries. If you look at the NFL in the last say ten years, between the salary cap, um, guys getting hurt, the NFL has really become a game of attrition. I mean, as much as talent wins for the Patriots and Packers, being healthy also helps teams make the playoffs. In college, you can overcome injuries. If you're a good team and you've got, you know, if Alabama gets a guy hurt, they got 85 players. They all got mm-hmm. recruited to go to Alabama. Chances are the guy who steps in might not be as good, but he'll do it. He'll do a good job. The NFL, the fallout, the fallout is huge. Whoever replaces Cameron Wake But the extra week, day that you get when you do uh, a college football uh, Thursday night game helps a great deal. When we're talking younger players, that's another thing. Um, the injury the injury opportunities aren't going to be as great. They're younger players. They got an extra day. Um, you know, if the NFL wants to do the Sunday thing, Sunday, Thursday thing, then figure out a way to give those teams playing on Thursday a bye week. 
That's right. That you got to figure out a way to do it. Listen, you look at the NFL. Now Cameron wakes out for the rest of the year. Look at the fall off in the quality of the Dolphins' play for the guy who replaces him. And that's not even a knock on the guy who replaces him. It's just that you can't have a guy nearly as good on a 45- or 53-man roster uh, of Cameron Wake that, 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 like, say, a college team has. In other words, I'm trying to say is the injuries in the NFL have gotten to the point that they're changing the league. Right. You're watching a lot of garbage on Sundays. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, this year, last year was a different team. This year it's my team. What the Cowboys were all out there on Sundays, that's garbage right now what you're watching. That's garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they continue to push it out there. Hopefully they pull it back. But it's, you know, with thing, I'm wondering here, is it, a, is, is it a deal where the toothpaste is out of the tube? And then what do you look like as a league if you reverse course on this whole thing? But uh, I think the players may end up needing to take a stance. They may They're, need to uh, somehow. I'm not sure uh, it's ever going to happen because the guys with the power are typically the quarterbacks and some of the higher paid players that that you see most many times uh, they get days off in practice because no one wants the guy hurt. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the guys who really suffer are the guys at the bottom of the roster who get churned. And I think what really let the toothpaste out of the tube with the Thursday games and all the extra games is the fantasy football. I go in restaurants during the week. If I happen to go in a place, I'll see TVs on. They have shows now, I guess, that just focus during the week on FanDuel sponsoring them and who's going to, you know, who to start in your lineup. And I mean, yeah, but why do you need a Thursday night game to to accentuate all that? Because you've engaged the crowd to watch your product on an off night, and advertisers love it. <laughs> okay, live sports is great for advertisers. Don't forget, the DVR has changed advertising. When you mm-hmm. DVR a show, okay, you fast forward through the commercials most likely. They know that. Live sports has really, you look at the revenue in live sports anymore because they understand most people don't want to DVR a game because you're going to know the outcome and that ruins it for you. So what happens is they're focusing a lot of ad dollars, these companies, on live sports anymore. Because because mm-hmm. you're, you're you're there. Your eyes are glued to the TV. You, if you, you DVR your favorite show, you know, I know you love Dancing with the Stars. Um, you, you don't sit there and watch the commercials. You want to see the dances, don't you, Chad? Right, right. Right, true. <laughs> um, it, it's It's... I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm tired of seeing it. You know. I probably. I have not tuned in to be honest with you to Thursday night football. I haven't. I did last night because it involved the Dolphins. I really wanted to see. Um, you know how they would look in this situation. I. You know. I kind of had an idea going in uh, that it was going to be a, a serious struggle. And the worst team to go into a game against with one day of preparation is, is is the New England Patriots because they do so many different things. They could do so many quirky things. You never know which guy they're going to feature that night, especially out of the backfield. So, so they're the most difficult team to go play on on the road with with one day of preparation. Um, so yeah, and you know what? Last night was actually on paper one of the better Thursday night games going into it on paper of the year. I mean, you look at most of the stuff they rolled out on Thursday night, it was, it was mm-hmm. garbage going into it. Regardless of the result, you, you looked at the matchup and you're just like, why do I want to turn this on on a Thursday night unless I'm bored and there's nothing else to watch? I, I Listen, I don't think I don't think you should do 
division games on Thursday night. But I'm, you know, obviously we know why that happens because the division battles bring the most attention typically. And Sapp's logic is right too. What he's saying is, if if you get division games, you, you know the prep. You should time be more familiar. More familiar. But my argument is the opposite. There's nothing more important in the NFL than division games because of the way the league's structured. You win your division, regardless of your record, you're in the playoffs. So basically, those six division games for each team have extra importance because if you win them, you know, like a few years, like last year, we had an 8-8 eight eight Panthers team make it, but because if you dominate your division, that's how the NFL that wants it set up. So why would you put the most important games for teams to play on days where there's only two or three days between the games, like Thanksgiving games? Typically, I mean, once in a while, you know, they slide the division game in there, but usually, you know, you'll get whatever. The Cowboys are playing the Dolphins. It's it's something you're not going to normally see. It's on Thanksgiving, so and it's not a division game. I mean, the last couple of years they've slid in some division games, but usually you try to keep it to a less important game if there's such a thing in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, well, what I would like to see, as you said, is probably not going to happen. They're not going to pull all this stuff back. Um, so we're going to continue to be fed, um, you know, Thursday night NFL games that just aren't all that you know, interesting at the end, you know, they may be able to come up with better matchups on paper like you had last night, but I think at the end result is going to be, you know, what you saw last night is going to be more the norm than anything else, and it just sucks for uh, the Dolphins and Dolphin fans that you're going to lose a player as a result. I mean, it's a division game. Guys are going to go hard, and when your body hasn't had the normal amount of rest, it only stands to reason this is what you're going to see. You're going to have stuff like this going on. So you get a torn Achilles tendon, which currently is the worst injury you could possibly get. Uh, that has certainly surpassed ACL tears as uh, you know the worst injury you can really get in football outside of you know a spinal injury. So it's going to be a long road back for Cameron Wake, and he was a big part of what the Dolphins were trying to do up front. So a double whammy. For the Dolphins last night, the other thing, too, that it's, that's on my mind before we get into the nitty-gritty uh, and, and the on-the-field X's and O's is, you know, we were talking. I was talking yesterday with Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation, and he talked about how um, recruiting has changed when we're talking in reference to Butch Davis possibly coming back at the University of Miami and how things have changed since the first time he came in and, and did, did magic with building the roster. And uh, his... And he said the biggest change, which obviously is is digital film, uh, film being available online. So, you know, players in the corners of the country, especially down here in the state of Florida, can be seen and not really hidden by the local school. And right. uh, as, I, as I broaden that out on society in general, it's the digital thing, the social media thing, uh, the having video and being able to spread opinions and thoughts um, it can be a very dangerous thing. I've been going back and forth with people on Facebook. I think I've run my course with that on the whole uh, incident with the cop and, and the young lady in the classroom. And everyone has their opinions, and they're broadcasting them, me included. Um, and I just comes, it, it, I've come to realize that it's very difficult to change people's minds, um, especially older folks who have been, you know, kind of entrenched in their ways because of their life experiences. And that's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just the fact that any and all opinions now have such an avenue in social media to travel and 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 reach other people and influence them. 
And I just think it's such a such a dangerous thing. So while I'm saying it's hard to change people's mind, you have a younger audience. Social media is a younger audience, and they get sprinkled and sprayed with all of these different opinions. I just think it's such a dangerous thing, Amol, and uh, well, a great yeah, time to be alive. You know, it's a dangerous time. I mean, it's good and it's bad. I mean, we're on we're on this radio show today because of because of the internet and the ability to broadcast, which was you know years ago only open to some. You know, it was a very select crowd that could do that. So. For us, it's been beneficial, but you know, at the same time, you have a responsibility to try to, you know, use your head with what you're going to say. So no different than, uh, you know, you're on social media. You know, it's like the old: you put something out there, God knows how many eyes really see it. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think if, uh, and I, you know, I know we have some young listeners. I think if they could just take the perspective of, picture your followers, picture your Facebook friends as all sitting in your school gym and you're sitting there, you're standing there in the middle of the basketball floor in the school gym broadcasting your message on a microphone for all of them to hear and to listen to. And would you like to go stand on the middle of that gym floor with your entire audience and followers sitting there hanging on your every word and you go read off all of your statuses for the last 14 days or read all your tweets out over the microphone for the last 14 days when they're all sitting. Because, you know, when you don't see them and you're just posting and you're typing, you don't really have that effect. Is everyone sitting here and watching me? But if we could just do that, I think it might slow down and change some of the things that we type and put out there. Listen, I'm, you know, I have some control. um, And I know every now and then I might throw a joke out there that might be a little crass. But by and large, I'm very mindful of the message that I'm putting out there, and I I'm, I don't think many other people are. They're very reckless. Well, I think what's happened is, you know, you got to be – I mean, I'm not going to li- – listen, we've all said stuff like, you, you know, I'd say six, seven years ago, I've even noticed my own, you know, more restraint for myself. Stuff I would say on there, I've just realized that, you know what, you just can't say that. So, um, you, you know, you, you show more restraint, and some of the stuff that you see – out there, you know, I think people wouldn't say it to someone's face necessarily. They get, you know, how you, you do the old saying, beer balls. Well, they get, they get computer balls. There's stuff yeah. that I, I read on there where one person says it to another, and I know both people. And you know, you'll know the one guy will be like, whatever. I'm using an example. The one guy's five six, one forty, and the other guy's like six two, two seventy. And the one, the little guy's like, like calling him a name, and you're thinking, man. Right, you, right. You don't, you don't, you don't know that guy, and I know that if you're standing here in my house with him, you wouldn't be saying that to him. Of course, you'd you'd, you'd be <laughs> saying nothing. Really, is what you'd be doing. But yeah, bare muscles. Uh, yes. There's another term for it. Yeah, so you know that's what we've got going on. I guess that's just what we got to deal with. It's the world we're living in, and you just got to adjust. But that whole uh, that whole topic there wore me out the last few days. So and you got people still going on and on about it, and I just. Really can't take it on. I'm glad the weekend is here and we could actually talk some real football. It was a welcome, I guess, distraction uh, from uh, all the down college in games last night, games. man. You're all focused on those dolphins. I'm worried if I'm, I might have to send you down a dolphin T-shirt for Christmas or something. Oh, listen, I just was intrigued by the new coach. 
um, coming out and injecting some life into a football team. Really, uh, the biggest interest for me is how the team was one way, and just with the change of one man, one man at that head coach position changed all, everything. It changed the whole perspective. So now everyone's going to want to take a dump on Dan Campbell and the and the and the uh, Miami Dolphins because they went and got blown out by the New England Patriots. But in reality, man. If you weren't going to judge them off of their losses to Houston, I mean their wins uh, over Houston and Tennessee, you can't turn around and judge them on that loss with one day to prepare on the road versus the New England Patriots. Fair is fair. No, here's where we judge the Dolphins now. Here's what I say. Clean slate for for Campbell. He, He had two impressive wins, one loss in a tough situation. The two wins were against crappy teams. The one loss was against probably the best, not probably, the best team in the league right now. He's got games coming up at Buffalo at Philadelphia, colder venues in November, although the weather's supposed to be nice up here next week. Um, let's see what they do coming off the loss. I mean, that, that, mm-hmm. that's, what I, that's the way I'll, I'll, I'll judge the Dolphins. Let's see what they do. Buffalo hammered them the first time they played them. Let's see how they, they treat that trip up there next week. Yeah, um, we're gonna need we're gonna need a little more time to evaluate uh, the Dolphins and Dan Cavill and exactly what the heck uh, is 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 lies ahead for for the Miami Dolphins. And, and yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, what Campbell does, um, how he handles them from a mental perspective after their first loss. That's also a part of coaching here in the NFL. Well, we're not at a loss here. We're gonna go take a quick break. When we get back, it's time to talk. College football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back right after this. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. start thinking I'm uh, um, I'm some sort of DJ. All right, well, listen, folks, uh, summer's gone. That doesn't mean that you guys need to put your T-shirts away. That's certainly not what we're doing down here in the state of Florida. Sorry for you folks up there in Penn State, New York, and the Northeast, or anywhere that's uh, getting that cold breeze coming in right now. 
Uh, whether it's a company recreational basketball team, youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party for your buddy uh, that your buddy throws every year, T-shirts are as, mark, as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Got to take a shot at Tom after that. Uh, or the Sunday preacher telling you to send the money uh, to be saved. Americans love T-shirts. We invented them, after all. I bet you folks didn't know that. Anyway, screen-printed T-shirts are costly when they're done for small groups. Uh, you're limited in colors unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer, do it all yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. I bet you guys didn't know you could do that, but it's true. Whether it's for your 7-on-7 seven seven team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right. When heat transfer paper sold at tshirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos. You can do the wording however you want to do it. Print it on uh, inkjet paper sold by tshirtsupplies.com and iron it on with your own hand iron. The designs or pictures you put onto your t-shirts are only limited by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up, and design it, the paper sold at tshirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before, as many of you have not. Uh, the people at T-Shirt Supplies, they offer first-rate customer service. They'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at tshirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or you can call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's one 857 85 paper t-shirtsupplies.com go there now one of the biggest supporters here of the gridiron stud show do i have my co-host here with me where are you my friend sure you're around i'm just listening to you all right uh well we've got college football yeah there you go t-shirt supplies man go there now anyway um we got college football on tap um and to me it's probably the more exciting uh, product right now between the NFL and college football. I did put that out to my users uh, on Twitter, or my followers on Twitter, and they're probably a little bit biased because, you know, I've got a little bit more of the college football type following, but it was overwhelming when I put it out there. Uh, everyone giving the nod to college football over the I NFL. Think so. You know, I still encounter some guys around here when I talk about bring that subject up. They'll say they're still NFL people, but but I would say generally out of people I consider hardcore football fans, if you made them pick one or the other as a preference, I'd probably say it's three out of four college. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's just, and I have no way to prove that unless I did a poll. And even then, who knows? You know, but I, I really do think that. I mean, I know obviously what people will say is the NFL is more popular in television ratings and whatnot, but I also think that's because the NFL has far more of a, of a, um, what am I going to say, uh, casual fan base. I think the college fan base is really where you get more of the people who love the school or just a hardcore football fan. I think the NFL, as we've talked about many, many times, we won't do so again, uh, lends itself more to the uh, casual fan. That's just my theory. All right, and the theory it is. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about what matters here in terms of the football games. Um, this weekend, college football, we don't want to bore folks um, sometimes we jump into some games that people don't really give a rat's you-know-what about. So uh, I'm going to let you take the lead on that. And then at the end, we're going to give out our college football picks, which have been doing pretty damn good, I might say. So if you uh, tuned in uh, for this part of the show, 
uh, kudos to you because we've been uh, laying it down pretty well over the uh, over the course of this season. But uh, go ahead and take the lead on this, Emil. What are we talking about? Today? I think we'll, we're going to try to focus on some of the better games this week. And obviously, uh, you know, there's the college board at certain times. You know, there's not as many ranked teams playing one another, but. I think there's some decent games. Let's start off with, with a game that kind of intrig- intrigues me. It's got you got Clemson at 3:30 in the afternoon, and they're going to NC State. And uh, right now in that game, they're listed as a, t- a 10-point favorite. Uh, what do you see happening there? I mean, I can tell you what I what I do, but first, let's hear you. Um, I, I'm wondering. Listen, there's no doubt that Clemson uh, is a very good football team. That's no question. It, there's no doubt that Clemson's gotten over. The whole Clemson and thing about being able to, to to play and take on big games, but Clemson might be moving into brand new territory where they are uh, dominant. They are going out and 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 winning these big games. But now, when you start doing that, it's what comes right after that. That's you know brand new to Clemson. And here's an example of that. They go out and they destroy the University of Miami. Uh, very difficult for them to gauge exactly what kind of team they are off of that kind of performance because it's obviously something happened there. But now you're a 10-point favorite on the road, and I don't want to call it a meaningless game, but it's certainly not Florida State. It's not a Miami matchup. Uh, it's 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 not one of these big games. So how do you handle that? And I'm a little concerned at them being double-digit favorites on the road, just to be honest with you. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I almost made this a pick. Um, I'm... I like NC State in this spot, and I know people are going to say, when are you going to believe in Clemson? It's not that I don't believe in Clemson. I think they'll find a way in the end to win this game. But as you point out, okay, uh, this is the, you know they had two road games this year, and, I, and you almost have to toss out what they did to Miami last week because I don't know what that was. That wasn't even a competitive mm. game. They played mm. Louisville early on in a tight ball game. Then they destroyed Miami. Now they're back-to-back road games, and who's on deck next week? Florida State. Right. My concern is... They kind of go on the road here, and they overlook NC State. Now, NC State's, you know, their record's deceiving. They're not a great team. They're a 5-2 and two club. They had some talent. But here's the thing. This is NC State. That makes it I mean, difficult for, them, for you to trust them in this spot, though. I mean, It makes it very you know, difficult NC... to trust them as a pick. But, but I, I see a team that if, if you're ever going to play fired-up football, you have the number, what, two team in the country coming in to your place on a Saturday afternoon, 3.30, you're gonna probably. I didn't check. It's probably a big ESPN game, and you got Clemson potentially, which looking ahead to Florida State after dismantling Miami. I, I just, I really think this is gonna be a tight ball game. I, 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 I see this at the end. You know, Clemson probably pulling out a 34-27 type win, but I would, I would take the 10 points here. Yeah, um, if I had to lean one way again, you know, NC State being who they are makes me nervous. Uh, having seen Clemson in person as, as you know, watered down as the performance on the other end of it was, um, I'd get concerned, especially the fact that, that Clemson can put up points and, and do things. But it would have gone to my head, man, I'd lean NC State. What do we have next? Uh, well, next is the big one. You know, the what is it? The greatest outdoor cocktail party. And I know you're, you know, you'll limit some of your comments here, but I, this is an in- intriguing matchup as far as I'm concerned, and probably most of the fans. You've got a, you know, Georgia playing Florida. In this, uh, let me look up the line here. I want to say, what is Florida two point chalk in this game? One and a half, something like that. Uh, two and a half, maybe. I don't know. What's the latest on that? Yep, two. So basically, you've got the Gators. It's getting close to a pick 'em, but they're a two-point favorite over Georgia, and uh, 
you know, Florida's had, what, a week off after, you know, losing that heartbreaker with LSU was a really good ball game. Uh, Georgia, 5-2, and two, they've, you know, disappointed in some respects. I mean, obviously it's a good record, but, uh, you know, they lost a couple ball games uh, to Alabama and Tennessee before, I guess you could say, riding the ship a couple weeks ago in a 9-6 win over Missouri. And, uh, you know, this is a big game for for both teams. For Mark Richt especially, the word, you know, rumor, as we, we, we put out there anymore, is that, uh, you know, this game, a loss here, and it might mean after the season, Georgia figures we got to go in a different direction finally. Yeah, um, this this game has always really meant something, uh, especially since, you know, they started splitting up the uh, SEC. It's always come down to one of these two teams, you know, either – winning it at this point or putting themselves in the driver's seat. Uh, last year, Georgia was in that position, and we all know what happened. Florida broke out uh, 1984 football and ran it right down you know, Georgia's throat and messed up their chances to, to be the SEC East champions. Now the shoe's on the other foot with Florida kind of being in the driver's seat here. Um, Georgia has a chance to really upset things, and – they have not forgotten about last year. So, uh, you know, Jim McElwain's done a really good job in having the team mentally prepared. This this is going to be probably the biggest uh, situation for him to do that. Perhaps they're a little helped by coming off of the loss against LSU and then having a bye week to fix anything they needed to do there. Obviously, Nick Chubb being out is a big deal. So, in my mind, I think this is a, is a game that Florida – can and should win, but it's it's one of those rivalry games, man, and it, that's what makes it dangerous for the team that's the favorite and uh, the team with more at stake. Can I make so. a point, though, It bugs me with this game? Now, the winner of this game is going to be in control of the SEC East, okay? Here's what, you know, I know we talk about it on other shows, but again, this is a classic example. I've got to point it out when we're here. These two teams finish their season, the last two games of the year. Georgia plays Georgia Southern, obviously not a, a conference game, and then Georgia Tech, which they always do. Florida plays Florida Atlantic and Florida State. So basically, the SEC East is going to be decided in the middle of November when all the other conferences are still sorting out their divisions. Uh, well, I mean, what kind of sorting out's going on in, in, that, in the Big Ten on the side Iowa's on? I mean, it, well, but no, but, that, but it's not due to scheduling, is my point. It's just that because the, the conference might stink. My point is, the last couple of weeks of the season, these teams aren't even playing in the conference. Yeah, so you would like to see maybe that Florida. I'd like LSU to see you move some of these games. Yeah, move them. I mean, at the end, I'd rather see Florida play in Georgia if that's the case, instead of Florida State and Georgia Tech. Put those games, play them in October. Hell, I mean, USC and Notre Dame play in October when the game's at Notre Dame. It's not like it has to be the last game of the season. Well, you know that Thanksgiving thing's always been rivalry weekend, so, you know, I don't Yeah, I get it. Anyway, let, you know, I don't want to get you off subject here. My, my, here's what I see in this game. Not a lot of scoring. If you were asking me for what I think about this game, I have mm. no feeling for what direction, uh, who's going to win this game. From a motivational standpoint, you could take the tack, like you said earlier, Hey, Georgia got beat last year, handled by Florida. They should be up for the game. Uh, by by the same token, Florida's got a really good season going. They had a, a heartbreaking loss at LSU. They bounced back on extra rest. I don't know, but I just think this is going to be a classic SEC uh, twenty to seventeen type ball game. I just see someone, you know, twenty three seventeen. It's going to be tight. I I don't see 
a ton of scoring, especially Georgia doesn't have Chubb. Their quarterback is not that great. I think Florida probably, in my opinion, I think Florida's got the best front seven in the SEC. Call me crazy, but I actually think it might be better. I don't think a lot of people would argue with you on that. Uh, They've kind of gone out and shown that this year. So um, I'll be there live and in color to take it all in. Yeah, it's going to be great. I I think you're going to see a heck of a ball game. Um, And I think Georgia's going to have trouble moving against Florida's defense. And conversely, you know, Florida seems to, you know, last game with notwithstanding, generally doesn't score a ton of points unless the defense helps them out a little bit. So I think it's going to be, you know, I just I, I see a lower scoring ball game here. Yeah, yeah. All right, what do we have next on the docket? Next on the docket, we are going to, uh, I you know, this isn't a great game necessarily, but I think we're we're almost obliged to talk about it because of where the show comes out of Miami. I, I am interested to see. What happens this week in that uh, Miami Duke game? And I'm going to be honest, folks. Um, I have no idea. So if you're looking, you're, maybe you can can, can well, shed some light. Well, you've got two guys. You you've got two guys that have uh, no idea on on the air here. I know this. Uh, Miami looks like they're going to be without Brad Kai, and that is a tremendous blow. Um, you know, it, it, Rozier came in as a backup and didn't look good at all. Um, but he might have been working with a completely demotivated team, if I could say that, uh, once he got in there. So uh, with some time to prepare and perhaps a different attitude with, uh, you know, with, with the coaching change, maybe, maybe they look better at that position. But if he's going to play anything like, like he looked like last week, then this, this will be a runaway by Duke. Yeah, what scares me, if you know, we're talking about picking, it's hard for me to lay 11 points here with Duke just because I, I think – you know, if we get into a psychology, human beings, most of us have some level of pride. And I'm thinking if you're wearing that Miami uniform Saturday night at 7 o'clock after what you laid out last Saturday, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a better effort across the board, regardless mm-hmm. of who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you know, this could be a game where, who knows, you know, Miami's defense says we we got 58 points hung on us. You know, let's go out and show that we're not garbage. And you know, you, this could end up being one of those games where it's, you know, twenty four seventeen. I just, it's, it's too easy to take Duke here. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, it's just of too course. Easy. I, I, I think the biggest and the best thing uh, that could happen here, if if you're a person inclined to back Miami in this game, is that they come out, especially on defense, totally different than they have looked at in any kind of way, shape, or form over the last three years. Um, a completely, totally different front. Um, a different attitude in the secondary, meaning more aggressive, pressing a lot. If you do something like that, um, then I think you got a really good chance of seeing a Miami not only cover a point spread, but winning this game straight up. I know last year Miami started off their game against Duke a lot more aggressive uh, in the secondary. They backed off for some reason in the second half, but <clears throat> it did equate into a win for them at home against Sun- in Sun Life Stadium. Duke seemed confused by it, um, so you know Duke's going to be out for revenge. But if Miami could put something like that together, something totally unexpected, then they've got a legit chance. They go out there and line up the way that they've been lining up. Uh, I think Duke's going to win this game and 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 do so. Handily. I think it's That's a tough week of prep for Duke because if you look at Duke, you, they're 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 thinking what you're just saying. What's Miami going to do? I mean, you just got beat fifty-eight nothing. You got to think if you're the Duke coaching staff. These guys can't possibly come out here and and use the same stuff they've been using. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll definitely see how that. Uh, goes. Next one. Uh, you know, this is uh, you know my team, but I find it an interesting game here. Uh, USC giving five and a half points at Cal. 
uh, USC off the big win last week over number at then number three Utah. Uh, Cal, their quarterback, uh, you know, they've had a little extra prep time. They had a Thursday night game. They had an extra day off here, uh, coming off the uh, getting manhandled at UCLA, 40 to 24. It seems like the Cal quarterback has uh, turned into a turnover machine, and USC's on an 11-game win streak against Cal. What say you here? Um, interesting how, you, you know, once again, USC, the team with the uh, worst record of the two teams playing in a game, um, is and, and they're on the road, and they're the favorites in the game. Are, are they not? USC's favorite yeah, in this five contest. and a half point favorite. Handily, it raises my a, eyebrow. I know they're of course. I know they've got not a field. Yeah, goal. I know they've got name. Yeah, it's not a field. They're not field goal favorites in this game. They're that's that's solid. Once you start straying over three and a half, four, they're solid favorites in this game. So again, we have quote unquote a suspicious line for the USC Trojans. And again, um, I'm not picking this game, but I would go with the same logic that I had last week. It it, it smells funny. So. I'm going to go the other way with it. I think USC uh, flexed a little muscle last week, four turnovers against Utah. And, um, you know, Cal has had a little bit of a problem with that this year. They did, you know, had zero turnovers last week against UCLA and lost 40-24. to 24. So you'd been turning it over. Cal had turned the ball over going into the UCLA game ten times in their three games before UCLA. So they clean up the whole turnover thing. Don't turn the ball over at all. UCLA still hangs 40 on them. So something's going on there with Cal, and it's not as sweet as it was in the beginning. Maybe it was the uh, opposition they were facing. But with USC coming to town feeling good, I'd be inclined to lean USC's direction. I'm going to stay away from picking games because it's worked out for me not to do it. But I will say in picking USC games, um, Mm -hmm. here's an interesting note. Let's just talk about this game. USC's next uh, four games at Cal home with Arizona, at Colorado, and at Oregon, a game that right now doesn't look nearly as daunting as it did at the beginning of the year. Uh, UCLA plays Utah the week before they play USC, okay, when USC plays Oregon. If those teams win their next four games, which is very possible because the UCLA schedule, I didn't read it, but it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty good in their favor, mm-hmm. the winner of the USC-UCLA game will play in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean... The game means a lot as far as USC is concerned. I'm sure it means a lot to Cal because they'd love to, you know, get off the Schneid for 11 game losing streak. But I just don't understand the line. So I mean, like, I, if I was picking it, I'd use your logic. Not even being a USC fan, they're, they want me. It's almost like they're begging me to take Cal at home here on, on an extra day of rest. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. We don't we don't ever want to get pushed in any certain direction by those uh, odds makers. So there you go. Um, and, and, and then we have one that, more I, interesting one I think we need to cover down here before we give our picks. And it, you know, this one intrigues me just because of the kind of season Oklahoma State's having. They're 7-0 and right now. They go on the road. They play Texas Tech, who's 5-3. and uh, Oklahoma State's won quite a few tight ball games this year, although they did post a 48-point win last week against Kansas. Uh, I don't know what that counts for. We know the state of Kansas football. And uh, they have TCU on deck next week. Um, Oklahoma State's schedule is completely backloaded. After this game, they go TCU, Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma. So the three big boys in that conference, they play them at the end of the season. Uh, Texas Tech has played them all already, uh, taking TCU, as we know, on that uh, weird play where TCU won on the deflected pass, taking them down to the wire, and then getting drilled by Baylor and Oklahoma. What do you see here in this game? Uh 
kudos to you for throwing this in there. I guess you're trying to be friendly to all the conferences. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, interesting game this week. I don't know. I'm just so, I'm just so not Big Twelve. But nevertheless, uh, while Oklahoma State's, you know, schedule may be backloaded, they did face a couple of uh, worthy opponents here. They did take on Texas on the road. They did do a battle with Kansas State, who's always tough. And then West Virginia, Jekyll and Hyde team, they faced them on the road. So there have been some tests there for Oklahoma State. Um, going to a Texas Tech team, you never know what you're going to get. You do know this one thing when you face Texas Tech is that you're going to have your way with them on offense. And I just can't support teams that do stuff like give up 405 yards rushing like uh, Texas Tech did to Oklahoma. I mean, their defense is just its so bad, Emil, so bad. I mean, when you sit here and look at the ledger and the box scores for Texas Tech, it's like, are they playing with 11 guys? 405 yards yeah, rushing know. last week to Oklahoma, 330 yards passing the week before to Kansas, 315 yards rushing by Iowa State. Who's running the ball for Iowa State over there? I've got no clue. Let me week lay this before, on you, my friend. This is the average Texas Tech game this year. Nowhere to lie. They're 5-3. They're and three. They average 46.6 points a game mm-hmm. and average 601 yards of offense. They give, give up. This is the average now. 40 points a game and 566 yes. yards. An absolute track meet. But, I, I mean, it's not even just that. It's like the stuff that I'm telling you. 315 yards rushing to Iowa State. Baylor, a team known for their passing attack, rushed for 368 on Texas Tech. TCU passed for 500 yards, and I'm sure that they didn't mean to. Listen, I can't reasonably <laughs> sit down It was an accident, huh? Yeah, well, a freaking accident, 500 yards. I mean, not to mention the 247 yards TCU of rushing through in there to go along with it. I can't ever pick Texas Tech and and sit down and, 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 and be at, at all comfortable. They don't stop anyone. They don't stop anything. They don't stop plays. They don't stop running plays. They don't stop passing plays. They just don't stop teams. They go, teams go up and down. If you ever sat in your seat at a football game and watched a marching band march out from the end zone and march all the way to the other end zone, that's any offense that goes against Texas Tech. Unimpeded, they're going to just march. They're going to eat up grass, and they're going to go to the other end zone. No stoppage, nothing at all. That's Texas Tech football right now. I can't support it. I'm going to take Oklahoma State all day, any day. Uh, that would be you know my what? answer if you ask me you, next week about you the convinced- Texas me, Texas. you know, at first I'm thinking to myself, Oklahoma State might get caught looking ahead to the TCU game. But then I said to myself, you know what? Even though they're seven and zero, I think deep down inside, you know, this team understands that they can't look ahead to anybody. I mean, they understand that they've been in some dogfights this year, some games they probably could have lost. That you know, kudos to them and their coaching staff for finding ways to win. Three point win against Texas, two point win against Kansas State, touchdown win at West Virginia. They probably realize, listen, if we don't bring our A game, Texas Tech could hang 60 on us. The other problem taking Texas Tech, as you say, you almost have to pray for turnovers. Like you, you have to hope that Oklahoma State's quarterback goes colorblind on the bus to the stadium and starts throwing mm. the ball at Texas Tech because if he doesn't, you know Oklahoma State's cracking 45 points in this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't so I doubt that. I'm like you. Yeah, I don't doubt I that. I won't at make all. Oklahoma State a pick just because they are on the road and they are playing TCU at home next week and they could get caught looking ahead. But I certainly, if you ask me where I'm going with this game, I'm not taking only two and a half points with Texas Tech. I would lay that with Oklahoma State and figure out worse they can get a field goal win here. 
Yeah, uh, and listen again. Kudos, <laughs> kudos to you for putting that on the docket here and showing the Big Twelve a little easier. Hey, brother, opportunity have you looked here. at the whole Political schedule season. this year? I mean, I'm trying to pick out some interesting <laughs> stuff. This schedule this year, this week, okay, we've got games like Rutgers, Wisconsin, okay, because we're going to pick some games. So people are saying, oh, wait, there's some games. Don't worry, we're getting to them. Uh, you know, we've got Rutgers, Wisconsin. We've got Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas, Iowa State. I mean, what do you want me to throw out there? No, I listen, I, I appreciate you bringing this game up to give me the opportunity to point out the comedy that is Texas Tech's defense. I, I mean, I, I really um, didn't realize just how bad – I knew it was bad, but I just didn't realize just how cotton soft that is. And so let me oh, yeah. ask this question to you. I might, I'm going to go on a mini tangent. I know we don't have much time here. So for you offensive gurus that I sometimes get in battle with, uh, on on social media that may be listening to this show today. At what point do you, as Texas Tech, start to take a look at what it is you do on offense and how it relates to defense? Because you've had several defensive coordinators now at Texas Tech. None of them can fix the problem. Every one of them uh, have a broken engine every Saturday. 30 points, 40 points, 50 points, 60 points, 500 yards given up, 600 yards given up, 700 yards given up. I think TCU is still tallying up yards on Texas Tech. That game was last month. Tell me, at what point do you start looking at what it is that you do on offense? Or, Emil, is it just such a thing as, listen, we're Texas Tech, we're in Lubbock, we're in here with all these other teams with historical, uh, with, with a, you know, a historical perspective. Is our job really just to entertain our folks here because we're not going to really be able to make a run at a national title? So this is our gimmick, a whole bunch of points. Well, we put a basketball it also goes back to, wasn't Mike Leach the coach when Clingsbury was there? Uh, yeah, uh, Kingsbury okay, was definitely so, so a product of that. So the team's going to be take on the identity of the coach. I mean, let's face it. When you when I say Texas Tech football, you think bubble screen and soft. I mean, that's what they are. God they're a almighty. bubble screen team, and they're soft. Stop somebody, just for the love of God. All right, we need to get into some picks here. Uh, as always, you'll go first, and then I'll chime right in there because we got to Yeah, let me lay the well, you know out in college. We, we got a little time, but go ahead. Yes, throw the records out. Well, I mean, Okay, the record yeah, like, in college. I, you, I like when I'm ahead. You like this. Throw the record you, out there. Yeah, you <laughs> like this part. But they're both pretty good. Chad is sitting here in week nine with a 16-8 and eight record in college football. So if you guys are listening to him and somehow getting on a plane to Vegas or however you do that, uh, you might be driving a new car because of that. But then again, I'm 15-9. and nine. So if you listen to both of us, we're killing God it. knows what you bought. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely killing it. So there you go. Send us uh, some of the proceeds, of course. Well, I don't think that's happening. You want me yeah. to start giving you some picks, though, for this weekend? Um, at, at, you know, whenever you're ready there, big guy. Oh, well, I'm ready. I'm going to start them off tonight. You know, I, I took a look at the games tonight, and what jumped off the board to me is Friday night games, Thursday night games in college are usually a big deal on campus, you know, to whatever extent they can, even at downtrodden programs. Kids tend to get up for these games. They're on. They know they're on national TV. And what do you know? We got Louisville laying 11 points on the road against Wake Forest. One thing that jumps off the page to me is three and four Louisville. After what I saw them do in that second half against Florida State, they shouldn't be laying double digits on the road against anybody, even if it is Wake mm-hmm. Forest. Uh, yep. They can't score. They don't score very much. Uh, Wake Forest, yeah, they're three and five, but they, they usually play decent defense. I mean, they they lost twenty four sixteen to Florida State. 
they won 3 nothing against Boston College. You're going to get double digits, 11 points at home. You have the same records, basically. And, and you're on Friday night football. I think Wake Forest will come out tonight. They'll play inspired football. I think Louisville doesn't give a damn. Their season's nowhere near at this point what they thought it would be. They beat Boston College last week, 17-14, big deal. Uh, they may do that again tonight, but they're not covering 11 points. Take Wake Forest plus the 11. Uh, well, okay, that's that's a strong one. And, you know, Louisville, uh, well, they're a disappointment to me. Um, and, you know, I, I, have, I have one of my DBs playing at Wake Forest. I hope he snatches two or three good picks tonight. Devin Galdi. Thank you. I, throw that I hope he does, too. You now, go. you know where college game day is going to be tomorrow? Where, where do you think they're going to be? Harvard? No. City of brotherly love, from what I hear. They're going to be, believe it or not, at the Notre Dame Temple game. If I told you that in August, that week nine of the season, college game day would be at Temple University uh, for the Notre Dame game, you would have laughed at me, wouldn't you? I know this. When I was playing and we had to play Temple, and I say had to play Temple, and the game was any time later than 12 o'clock, I was pissed off because you already know it's a quarter and a half of the starters, and then you're out of there because Temple was just a disease. Like, do we really have to play this game? But uh, kudos to them, man. They've turned it around. The, you know, the, they, credit they Al have, and you know what? Credit Al Golden. Um, I, might, I might be a little critical in this uh segment about but it's not about what they've done okay but this is sp- sp- specifically talking about this game temple's seven and all right now notre dame comes up in at six and one notre dame's an 11 point favorite but you know what don't get me wrong Temp- temple being seven and all no matter who they played is impressive but temple's schedule is really littered with you know a lot of garbage and some close wins i mean penn state 27 10 early I'll give them that, but Penn State isn't Penn State. Uh, they they had an eight-point win at Cincinnati, a two-point win at a terrible Massachusetts team, okay? They had a couple of blowouts in between last and then on the road nine days ago at East Carolina, a decent win. But this, this schedule nowhere represents the type of opponent they're playing in Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I said it on the Monday show, I think if they, they – them or Stanford may be one of your representatives in that uh, four-team playoff. They played the last game of the season. They know that. Uh, they have to take care of business in a game like this. And believe it or not, because of Temple's record and ranking, ranking, it's going to help Notre Dame a little bit um, if they can win this game and win it impressively. And that's just what I see them doing. I don't think Temple will be able to deal with their, their depth, their speed, or anything like that. Notre Dame's, I'd lay all 11 points here. This, to me, just reeks of 41-17 Notre Dame. Uh, can't say that I disagree with that. I don't have a pick on the game, but the time might be up for Temple. All right, what's your third one? And my last one, you know, um, I'm looking at this Tennessee game against Kentucky, and I, I, off the page it jumps at me that 3-4 and four Tennessee is going to 4-3 and three Kentucky. So essentially the same team, give or take. They're 8.5-point favorites. So you think maybe there's line suspicion. But here's, here's what I think is happening in this game. Tennessee's played a couple games real close against good teams this year. They could have won. They didn't. Oklahoma, overtime loss by 7. Florida, one-point loss at the, toward the end of the game. Arkansas, four-point loss. Alabama, five-point loss. After a while, that begins to take a toll on the team. Um, mm-hmm. You start figuring when we get ahead, how are we going to give it up? Not to mention mm-hmm. just the emotional drain of almost having Alabama, you know, taking the lead late in that game and then losing it. Now they go on the road again to play Kentucky. It's a rivalry type of game. Uh, and Kentucky's coming off an embarrassing 26-point loss at Mississippi State. Every other game Kentucky played this year, even the losses, very competitive. 
you were at, I think you were at the game against Florida. I'm not sure if you were. 14-9, where, where your son's team beat them. Uh, they lost yeah, to Auburn. I, I, 30. I didn't see that one live, but uh, you know, I saw it on TV. Okay, they lost 30-27 to Auburn. I mean, they've been competitive until last week. I think they're competitive in this game. They may even win the game. I just don't see Tennessee being able to bring the type of emotion needed to get a double-digit road win, which is essentially what they have to do here. I'm going to take Kentucky plus the 8.5 points. Sounds solid. Kentucky, while not doing as much winning as I think they're they're hopeful had hoped for, uh, they do manage to stay in these games. So uh, I don't know why that trend would continue. And if it did, then you know their backs have finally broken, or you know that Mark Stoops is uh, in serious contention for another job somewhere. That'd be one of the clues for you. But uh, yeah, I could totally see them hanging in here in this contest. All right, so recap all of this for us. We've got Wake Forest tonight, plus 11. We're going to take Notre Dame and, and supposedly the big game on Saturday, minus the 11. And we're going to take Kentucky against their rivals, uh, Tennessee. Kentucky getting 8.5. Hey, uh, sounds like a 3-0 and to me. They always sound great when we're reading them off on Friday, don't they? And they they have they been do. great, but there's they nothing like Friday. Oh, man, this is solid. I'm going I'm going 3-0. and Yeah, logic makes perfect and, sense. Yeah, someone goes totally off script on Saturday, uh, and it really pisses you off. All right, here's what I'm going with. Uh, Illinois and Penn State. Illinois is a team that has, uh, you know, caused me some pain early on in the season. I did well enough to drop them and let me observe Illinois. Illinois is one team uh, at home. They're another team on the road. They've only had two road games, Emil. Uh One at Iowa, where they did fight the good fight and covered a number. And then they went and uh, before that, they played at North Carolina and did nothing close to covering a number. They just went absolutely limp, if I could use that term. Lost 48-14. I'm not going to trust them on the road at Penn State. They've had back-to-back losses for the first time this season. And I don't think it'll take much for Illinois to uh, lose hope, let's say. Penn State is in the midst of a, a pretty damn good season. Um, they did lose to the Temple team you were talking about in a battle with Notre Dame. That ends up being a pretty good Temple team. And they lost to the number one team in defending champions, Ohio State. Otherwise, they've notched wins for themselves um, all over the place. The only concern here is that this game lies ahead of a game against Northwestern. Although, you know, if Northwestern had continued to win, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But Northwestern's kind of come back down to earth a little bit here. Back-to-back games for Penn State at home. I think they come into this game rested. These are the kind of games that uh, Penn State goes out and wins. And I don't like Illinois' mojo right now. And I don't like Illinois on the road. So with a small number like four, we're basically asking Penn State to win this game. I just can't see Illinois picking up their first road win of the season against Penn State. So, to me, this looks like a, a runaway for Penn State. I love uh, this pick. This I told you I, I almost made it a pick. Um, to, to me, you know, Penn State, even though they'll never admit this, they have to look at that schedule and figure this is our last best chance at a win. I mean, they may beat Northwestern, but certainly on the road is going to be a tough task. Then they come home and play Michigan, who – you know, is going to be in the, is in the middle of their own really good season, and then they're at Michigan State. So if you're Penn State, you got to take care of this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that teams really look at their schedule that way. No, I but, mean maybe some. No, they don't. But, but their fans. But, maybe. but I do. Maybe their fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate you doing that. That's exactly how I looked at it. Like we better get this win and four yeah, points. Really, get really not much now. I'm not. I, I don't overly trust Penn State, but I trust Illinois even less. So uh, you know, 
everyone's closet Heisman. Uh, you you mean Penn State it? didn't look at the schedule and say, "Holy crap! If we don't win this, this week, is we're it for us, seven, man. We're going to be six and yeah, six. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what went on in team <laughs> meetings, but nevertheless. But moving along, staying in the Big Ten, um, Nebraska is going on to take Purdue. Speaking of teams that have caused me some pain, uh, I backed Nebraska a couple of times this year, and uh, they did me dirty. They shanked me in the side. And it turns out Nebraska is really not that great of a football team. Somewhere Bo Pelini is like, you dumped me for this guy? At least I was bringing nine wins a season to you. This guy right here is on his way to losing nine. And Nebraska is just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it'll take some time to warm up to, uh, uh, you know, Mike Riley's coaching style, which is anti-in-your-face. Nevertheless, uh, they've lost three of their last four, talking about Nebraska, and here they are on another road game. They are facing a Purdue team that's one and six, but you know what? Nebraska's three and five themselves. And when you're below 500 and you start playing road games in the end of October and into November, I don't really like you as a favorite. You've proven yourself to be less than good. And uh, that's where Nebraska is right now at three and five. I'm not backing them against a Purdue team that's, you know, stacked together some losses here, but they've been feisty if i could if i could use that word they've been a team that will come in and fight you last week they uh you know were on the road against wisconsin in years past that wisconsin game's 51 to 7 or 51 nothing uh, they walked out of there with a 24-7 loss i think purdue still willing to fight during in this season and they know they're getting a team that's uh a loser like themselves uh, I wonder if Purdue looked at it like that. And <laughs> hey, we're losers. Well, we're losers. And, Let's and go they're at getting it. seven and a half points. You know what? This is a and hidden yeah, they're gem. Getting I give you a touchdown. Yeah, I think on, you Nebraska. found a good one here, and it's supposed to rain, so that'll be one of those sloppy Midwestern games. And Armstrong is out for Nebraska. Their quarterback yeah. is still out, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Boilermakers in this one. Uh, y'all say a prayer for me. You may be a gonna... Boilermaker with the way Purdue yeah, plays yeah, football, I make, but yeah. I make, I may crack one over my head if this thing doesn't work out for me. But, all right, that's my Big Ten. I'm going to head back out west, and the west has been very, very kind to me. UCLA is a team that, you know, I was a kind of a bit of a closet fan of as a kid uh, in, you know, finishing high school in California. A lot of heartache doing that, though. They wear powder blue, although they're going to come out in their blacks. Hey, listen, kudos to UCLA for coming out and taking on a Cal team that was uh, all about it. Um, and, and beating them 40-24. to 24. Prior to that, though, UCLA got punched in the face twice by Stanford and Arizona State. Somewhere in there, UCLA is between who they showed against Cal and who they were against Arizona State and Stanford. Either way, that team in between those two performances is not a team that I want to lay 23 points against Colorado. Colorado was a horrendous team last year. They're not that this year. They actually come into this game at the end of October – at 500, believe that or not. I know. And and know. these games they've lost, they have been they've been in it to the end. Now, listen, if you're Colorado and you were terrible last year and you open up the season at Hawaii in the opener, who could blame you for, you know, chasing some grassy skirt and riding some, you know, some some wave runners too late and losing to Hawaii? Since then, though, they've come out. They they won three straight. Uh, then they took on Oregon, fought them heavy, lost the game, went to Arizona State. Fought like hell, just got overwhelmed defensively at the end. Fought like hell against Arizona. Then they come back and go. They go on the road. This is the strength, I think, of Colorado. They actually went on the road against Oregon State and got themselves a victory. That tells me Colorado still dialed into this season. UCLA off of that big win over Cal might be a little bit relaxed, and I'm going to take Colorado getting more than three touchdowns in this game. I don't think UCLA is up for that kind of 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm no. gonna grab all twenty three of those points. Is that not what I've got here? No, you got all twenty three. Yeah, I'm gonna yep. grab all twenty three to so to grab sum them. things up. So recap yeah, it. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Penn State and trust Hackenberg and uh, the boys in all white over Illinois at home. I'm gonna take Purdue also at home and and uh, as a seven and a half point underdog against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And then I'm gonna take all twenty three of those points with the Colorado Buffaloes in their game against UCLA. We're gonna do NFL picks when we get back right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You think I should put that on as uh, the music that comes on when I need to wake up in the morning, my alarm? I think that'd be pretty awesome. My wife that would be awesome. That. I'm not, I'm not sure love your that. lovely wife would enjoy that, though, so you might want to. I think that would get me punched in the eye just about every morning, which in turn would wake me up. I would definitely say that. Yeah, oh, horns, yeah that would wake you up. You know, yeah, if the horns don't also, get it done. It also might get you sleeping on the couch after a while, but yeah, it'll definitely wake you up the first few times. <laughs> It'd be great to start off the day with some horns and being able to see out of only one eye. I'm going to give it a try, and uh, I'll report back to our listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio. All right, we just had, did our college football segment. Amon and I uh, talked about some of the biggest matchups this weekend. Uh, we talked the big matchups this weekend, and we also talked about Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. We slid that in there somehow. That <laughs> that fell in. Yeah, there. somehow. Hey, hold on. Amo, you, Amo, you don't on. like that Big 12. Neither no, do no, I. No, no, time out, man. Wait, 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 wait. Touchdown, Oklahoma State. Already. Uh, they're already <laughs> yeah, they in already the end zone. already scored, right? <laughs> yeah. Already in the end zone, <laughs> and should, it's Friday they morning. Should start, they should start those games. They should kick them off with the score 14-14. I, I mean, really, let's let's just not even waste any time. We know what it is. 
Uh, we're coming off the bus scoring touchdowns. We scored in the parking lot. Just go ahead and give us our points. Nevertheless, it's NFL time. Amos, listen, fantasy football is sweeping the nation thanks to One Day Fantasy. Uh, I think you've heard all of the ads for FanDuel on this show. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there playing their fantasy football and, you know, doing the One Day thing. So I thought I'd start touching on it on this show just a little bit, and maybe we'll grow it as time goes on. Uh, we had the games last night. Um, and listen, not to Monday, you know, morning quarterback this thing. I did put a, a one a roster together on FanDuel that included the likes of Tom Brady. Um, it did include Edelman. It did include Gronkowski. The biggest reasoning for that uh, for me is that the Dolphins coming in here with one date to prepare. So I, I figured I'd get Brady and then try and couple him with at least one or two of his receivers, and it worked out just great. I did, though, on on one of those rosters throw in uh, the other side, and I, I had a – who would I have on the other side? Richard Matthews for the Dolphins. Let me just take a quick look here. And uh, that didn't pan out too well for me. But, hey, the trio from, from, the, uh, from the New England side did me well. I, you know, gotta love that. Well, I got thirty points out of Brady, twenty-three out of Edelman, and twenty from Big Gronk. Usually, you like to grab in those leagues. You like to find somebody under the radar that maybe people won't be taking, and, and the the price isn't too high. I mean, I know there's a salary cap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a guy that's got me interested this week, and don't laugh, the wide receiver for the Saints, Willie Sneed. You know, I've heard him talked about, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was looking for a guy, and Sneed had been doing really well. And so I wanted to sl- see if I could slide him into a roster this week. And he hasn't really been on point the last two weeks. Maybe it's just, you know, I wonder what a guy like that who hasn't really been a part of the Saints system, um, are things just changing going forward for him? Or is it just, you know, teams started paying more attention, and maybe he'll jump back in this week since he's, Backed off, but I just he is think, an interesting I just guy. Think after watching the Giants last week, even though they won against my Cowboys, I just I don't like what they're doing on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, for the most part, the Cowboys were able to move the ball with Castle playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think the Giants will be giddy over the win. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I just think that they're soft defensively. So for me, I see a guy like him. You can get him probably at a very low price in those leagues. Um, yeah, and those are the kind of guys that you you want to, like you said, grab. Here's a low price guy that uh, I, you know, I think folks should jump on this week, and and that's Nate Washington from from uh, from the Houston Texans. I mean, he's a guy that uh, you definitely want to you want to get on because um, he's been putting out some production, and you're going against Tennessee this week. I mean, you got to love that. Yeah. So, and yeah, you can get him. I think uh, at or below six thousand um, dollars in in terms of the and we're, and we're talking about you know the uh, the cost on a one day fantasy league um, so that's how about you listen here's a wild one because I've gone you and I both trashed this guy um, all season long and that's a uh, Colin Kaepernick and as amazing as it sounds Kaepernick has had very good games against St Louis who plays great defense so I don't even understand it I understand I run the risk of um, running into some trouble because it's not the same offense. But sometimes you're just good against a team, and maybe that gets Kaepernick to wake up. So he might be a guy because his price obviously has plummeted. He might be a I guy. I can tell you what I would stay away from this week. I would stay away from all the offensive players in that Seahawks-Cowboys game. To oh, me, that game good, just – yeah. Like poison. That just feels like a punt fest to me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Seahawks offense coming in there. They can't block anybody up front on passing plays. 
Mm-hmm. The Cowboys' defensive line is a mother now, especially as Gregory works back into that rotation with with mm-hmm. Hardy and Crawford and guys like that. I, mm-hmm. I really, unless you know, unless the Cowboys are stupid and, and turn the ball over, if they play conservative offensively, I don't see Seattle scoring many points either. To me, hell, I might grab one of those defenses depending on the price. Oh yeah, I de- I like Seattle's defense if you want to pick them up, and I like Dallas's defense as well. That game has ten seven written all over it. Uh, both of these teams not huge, even though Dallas a little bit more, not huge on turning the ball over. So sometimes that hurts you in these leagues when you're picking that defense. But if they can keep the scoring down, as both you and I expect, uh, it'd be worth uh, picking up either Seattle or Dallas's defense in this game. You know, it's easy for people to pick the big names in these fantasy leagues. Um, are there a, a big name or two you might be thinking about uh, Roethlisberger comes back, and usually when Roethlisberger is back, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell goes off. So I think he's been quiet of late. I think he's someone you might want to try and pick back up, even though the price I like be both. I like both quarterbacks in that Ravens-Chargers game. I, I just see that just being one of those 34-31 games where no one's interested in playing any defense. The Chargers go across the country. They play the Ravens in a 1 o'clock game. Uh, hard for me, you know, if the Ravens were playing some better football, this would have been one of my picks probably. Uh, I just, you know, I don't like what San Diego, the vibe San Diego gave me last week in, in that beatdown Oakland gave them. Uh, you know, going across the country for a 1 o'clock game usually says to me, I'll take the, the home team, but the Ravens certainly don't give me any confidence to take them off a Monday night game. So, But I don't think there'll be much defense here. The Ravens are on a short week. The Chargers gave up 37 points to the Raiders. That just says to me Flacco and, and Rivers should be going off in that game. Yeah, I, I think that's a big high-scoring game. And I think the Monday night game is going to be a big high-scoring game for some reason. And one of the big reasons being the Colts are, you know, taking a page out of Texas textbook. They're not really interested in any kind of defense. Carolina could just have their way. But the Colts are starting to get their mojo offensively, so that might end up being – uh, a little back and forth, and there's nothing worse if you've played one day fantasy and you come out of Sunday looking good, and you've got a you know you've piled up some points in, on a couple of your rosters, and you're looking at you know probably making some good money, and then you have you don't have anyone in the Monday night game, and someone goes off or a couple of guys go off in the Monday night game, and you just see your points falling, falling, your place in the standings just falling, falling, falling. So, if you uh, had to pick someone or some ones out of that Indianapolis Carolina game on Monday night just so you have some skin in the game who are some guys you'd pick I, I like Olsen the tight end and that's funny because that's about all they got well if you want to skimp there. on the quarterback position and, and stay away from a high price guy I mean I you know I got to think that Cam's probably not going to be the, the highest priced guy you know of quarterbacks and you know there's a game where a guy like him where he runs around you you could probably get a couple touchdowns between you know, two or three touchdowns throwing and running. You know, you, you might scamper for a few. You don't know. I mean, the guy like him, the Colts don't aren't, like you said, they're not interested in playing defense. They're just mm-hmm. not interested in it. And they're certainly yeah. not going to be interested in tackling him in the open field. No, no. So that's that's definitely uh, someone you might want to look at. And I guess if you could grab a T.Y. Hilton or something like that, probably be in your best interest. All right, that's our little dabble into uh, fantasy football there. Let's uh, run through these matchups lightning quick, and then we'll you know give our picks on. Well, on wait, we're going to give them. Do you want to give our picks first, and then and then yeah, cover we do what that? we don't? Yeah, okay, let's lay out that? the records. You, you're having more success in the pros, unlike college, where we're both killing it. At least you're over 500. You're 10 wins and nine losses with a push. Uh, I'm sitting at eight and 12 with a push. I got some work. I got to get back to 500 before I can take off. 
Yeah, you need to go ahead and chuck your way out of this hole some kind of way. I usually go first in the NFL, so I will do that here. Uh, The New York Giants, fresh off of uh, some success in a big division game, um, I usually like to fade teams after after that, and the Giants are that kind of a fadeable type of team. Back-to-back division games the Giants are coming off of, which requires a lot of mental prep uh, and a lot of emotion. Uh, they lost one, then they came back and won one. Now they're on the road at New Orleans, who's uh, trying to pick up a little bit of steam. I don't like the Giants in this spot. Uh, the Saints, like I said, are, are you know picking up some mojo, and you know you know that they're doing that when the Saints leave that building. Um, and go win a game elsewhere. Now, granted, they left the building and went into another building. <laughs> you know, they love indoor <laughs> that football. They did. Yeah, you know, they didn't get outside anywhere because the Saints are like, you know, they're like vampires. They're, you know, allergic to light. But they did go get a win on the road. They've put together back-to-back victories here. I think they've got a little bit of steam going. They're only favored by a field goal here. And, again, off of back-to-back um you know, division games. I don't like the Giants in this spot. So I'm going to back the New Orleans Saints. Um, New call Orleans. Me crazy. Say it the right way, yeah. right? New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. So New Orleans, I'm going with right. the gumbo on this one. Uh, call me a nutcase. I always get a little queasy in my stomach when i got to back this team. Uh, but I'm going to do it here. The Cleveland Browns are at home. Um, they're getting almost a touchdown in this game. They're a 2-5 football team, taking on an Arizona team that is really – um, gotten themselves together and starting to look like a good football team. However, Arizona has alternated between wins and losses over their last three games, uh, their last four games, let me say. And this is their third road game in their last four tries. And then they've got a big one next week, uh, next time out uh, against Seattle. Off of a win, Seattle up next. And laying this kind of laying these kind of points on the road, I'm a little leery of Arizona here. Uh, last time out on the road, they were facing uh, Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh team, and they just didn't show up very well. So I'm a little skeptical of Arizona here after their fast start. Cleveland, a uh, little embarrassed last week, only being able to put up six points. I think they make some some careful tweaks in their game here, probably put in some things that they didn't show on film. So I like them to make this a very miserable game for Arizona and possibly win it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grab all six of those points with the Cleveland Browns. The Brownies and, with uh, the ugliest uniforms in the NFL, hands down, as far as I'm concerned. Plus, and six. they don't okay. care about it, man. They just no, don't they don't give care. A damn What's your last one? That. Big Ben is back in Pittsburgh, and if you've had a chance to watch the replacements in there, both Michael Vick and Lynn Landry. Offense is nowhere close to being the same. I think Pittsburgh will be far too giddy to have Big Ben back. When Big Ben's back, everyone's playing better, as I said in the fantasy segment. Antonio Brown's doing a lot more. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's doing a lot more. Heath Miller can catch more passes. So I think the offense is going to uh, get themselves kick-started. They're off of a, a loss to Kansas City. I think the defense is going to be motivated in this one. Cincinnati has just been flying along, man. They're undefeated. They had a nice big blowout win at Buffalo and followed by a bye week. And sometimes that ends up being a very dangerous thing. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh have put together some pretty good wars. If you're Pittsburgh, you can't lose this game to the division leader at home. I think motivation um, and preparation is probably on the side of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll take them as the small favorites in this one. So, Give them one, one and a half. 
One and a half. That's, we're only just asking them to win this football game, which is what I think Pittsburgh will do. So I like Pittsburgh as a point-and-a-half favorite at home versus Cincinnati. I like Cleveland also at home as a six-point underdog to the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm going to take the Norland Saints playing indoors against the New York Giants. What do you have for us? When you and your wife go out, do you, you guys ever order the same thing once in a while? Oh, yeah. That'll happen. Yeah. And usually when I two. order otherwise, Honestly, she has folks, a better dish. I know people listening to this show probably don't believe us. We do not talk about anything we're going to talk about on the show, like picks. You can't make this stuff up. Don't tell me you picked all the same games, man. Same three teams. Swear on my children, folks. Same three teams. I'll give you my logic. I'll give you my logic. Uh, The Saints game, a lot of the things you say with the double division game hold true. But more importantly, I watch the Giants play. I've watched the Eagles play. I've watched the whole NFC's. The one thing that's killing me as a fan, uh, if if the Cowboys had Romo and Bryant, the division would be over by now. Okay, they'd have a stranglehold on it like you couldn't believe. They'd, they'd win this thing by three or four games. The NFC stinks. The other three teams, especially. I mean, when you, this is just a game. The Saints can get back to 500. They're going to win this game. I, I really believe they'll blow the Giants out. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm on. I'm on the Saints minus three. Same reason for you with with the Arizona. I don't like what I see with Arizona. They get in third and one, third and a half a yard, and I see them empty in the backfield and throwing like you know fade fade patterns. I'm sorry, they're mm-hmm. just still that element missing from the Cardinals to get them to the next level, and that's that physicality in the running game. Uh, they're on a 1 o'clock East Coast game here. That's never been a good situation for the Cardinals coming East like that 1 o'clock game. Uh, they have mm-hmm. Seattle, as you said, next week. I really love Cleveland in this spot. I mean, getting six points mm-hmm. at home. Um, mm-hmm. They seem to fight at home. And then finally, the NFL, the NFL as we all know, tends to migrate towards the meaty the the center. In other words, nobody gets too far ahead usually. And this is a game where if the Bengals win it, they essentially lock up this division. Um, Cleveland and, and Baltimore are non-factors. A Cleveland, a Cincinnati win would put the Steelers at four and four, and the Bengals at seven and zero. Oh, and uh, basically, you can stop following the NFC North other than playoff seeding. So I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I see the Steelers coming here, winning this game, and at least making the Bengals win football games the second half of the season to win that division. So that's my reasoning. But I got the same three teams as you. I listen. We often agree on this show, uh, you and I. And um, I think, though, this is the first time in our history on this show, which is we're in our third year, are we not, Mister Accountant, who keeps uh, track year. of things? Fourth Time goes year. by wow. quickly. Is it our fourth year? Yeah, I have to look they, it up. I don't know. See, we're in our fourth year, buddy. On you there. All things numbers, I rely on you. Fourth year, wow. Uh, time does really fly, and I'm glad I have you here to count stuff up because I'd screw that up every time. I think this is the first time we've ever picked the same three teams. So we're going to go into ever. this weekend rooting for all the same squads. Uh, that might be some fun. So we never That's never happened college or pro. Never. Yeah, so that that makes this thing extra interesting. Um, I have some trends here before I let you go. I know you're a, you're a busy man, but um, here's what we've got on some trends, and I'm getting these from pregame.com. They put them out every week. I find them interesting. Some of them are good, uh, and some of them are bad for the games that we picked. But I, you know, I'm a guy that likes to buck trends. I do that in uh, my personal life too. So. Um, Lions yeah. and Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they're playing in London. I, I don't know why we need to do that every week. Another one of those stupid things that the NFL does, but who am I? They're a billion-dollar company. Uh, the Lions are a 1-6 ATS on the season. No, no big surprise there. Uh, the Lions are, how about this, 
27 and 45 against the spread since 2011. Horrendous. So if you're a Detroit Lions backer, if that's just something you do every week, you're a broke MF. It's really. <laughs> Let me ask you, right? I think that's a good point. Let me ask you this: If aside from Lions and Chiefs fans, will, will there be anybody up early on Sunday that's that's not gambling? Watching this I game. don't doubt that Lions fans will stay in bed for this game. Um, so yeah. there is no reason. And if you're from, if you're out in London, why do you care about Detroit and Kansas City? I mean, no. If I'm in London, I'm going to see those guys with the big black hats and the red jackets before I watch this crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry, and I, you know, we, we may have less on with us later. I hate to say that to you, but even he knows his Detroit Lions stink right now. Um, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. How about this? Tampa Bay uh, is 11 and 2 against the spread. Their last 13 November games. They this warm weather team likes playing games in uh in November, but uh we can counter that with the Falcons being 42 30 uh, 42 and 31 and 2 as uh, against the spread over the last You know last what though? I, I think the shine is slowly and I, they're going to end up with a good record and a and a pretty good season especially where they came from. But I think this mm-hmm. shine is coming off the Falcons a little bit. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they struggled in overtime at home to beat the Redskins. Then they went and got beat on one of those Thursday night games by 10 at New Orleans. Then they came back on the road, uh, you know, off, you know, extra prep time and, and only beat the Titans 10-7. Uh, you know, if you made me pick this game, I'd take a full touchdown in Tampa. Yeah. Um, how about this interesting little stat? The Ravens, for the first time in 17 years, are playing a football game without Ray Lewis, Without Red Ed Reed and without Terrell Suggs, anchoring wow. that defense. So uh, that's the first time in 17 years. Count back how far that is. Uh, that might lend itself to what you talked about in that game. Just a bunch of points being put up. Hey, that big interesting matchup that everyone is probably talking about up north, not Minnesota and Chicago. Um, Chicago is 10-2 and two against the spread when hosting Minnesota. And frankly, I think Minnesota is going to punch Chicago in the face, but I could be wrong on that if we're going off of this. The Bears, though, you know are what? 5 and I almost made that a pick, but not Minnesota. See, we would have disagreed. I actually see this game being one of those weird games. Um, you know, I kind of look at things. You know, I'm one of those guys who tries to look big picture. You know, what could I picture reading Monday morning? And I say, does Minnesota feel or look like a 5-2 and two football team to you? For me, they don't. I mean, they're 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 improved. They have a nice team, but they just don't feel five and two-ish to me. This just has one of those. For me, this has a feeling to me of one of those games that somehow the Bears win by a field goal and cover the spread. Uh, yeah, very. Listen, these two teams are as unpredictable um, um, as as they come. So. Um, you know, who knows what the hell's going to happen there. It, I, I was so iffy on it, and you were too, as we didn't make it a pick. Um, how about some trends from the game that we did pick, Arizona and Cleveland? Um, Arizona has the best ATS margin of any team in in the NFL right now, as they've covered by 8.7 points per game when they've covered. How about, you know, they've had some nice blowouts in there. but Oh, they um, really have. No, they have. Like Atlanta. They held on for dear shine. life, though, in that Monday night game, didn't they? They did, they did, and I think the shine, like you said, on uh, on Atlanta is coming off of of uh, Arizona a little bit. There. Hey, some other, you know what catches my yeah. eye? Speaking of trends, I'm going down the board as we're talking about these games. You know, just perusing things if I find interesting. We talked about that Seattle Dallas game. The over under on that game is forty one. Should points. be twelve. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, do you see those two teams getting to forty one between them? I don't 
see how they do hey, that. Well, you know, you know what of- that is? It's a sign of the times because it, maybe five years ago before this big offensive explosion, that game would be 37. That would be an over-under of 37. I just think uh, odds makers and the trends have just been so offensive. There have been so many more points scored that you really can't even put stuff into the into the 30s anymore without having a, a over Well, you know what I think they worry about in a game like that? Because of the fact that, you know, obviously Castle, you know, gave up three picks last week. And Defensive God knows, TDs? Yes, Russell Wilson's running for his life in that game. They they might see a few balls going in the other direction. Look at the Cowboys-Giants. That game ended up 27-20. Frankly, it, it should have been the 30s. The Giants got 14 points off return, so you just can't account for that. It's probably why they have it in the 40s. But, man, if this yeah, game's played crazy. fairly clean, I don't see it. 10-7. Yeah. I think the Royals-Mets... Uh, next World Series game might outscore this one. How about this yeah. trend that you and I are going to have to overcome? The Saints at home in their last 10 are 3-7 and seven against the spread. Prior to that, Emil, in their 19 games before that, they were 18-0 and and 1 against the spread. So here's to hoping that they get back to uh, the way they were the prior 19 games. Cause I'm going to hold you your feet really to the fire like before we get off the air here because I see we're running out of time. Give me your thoughts quick on that uh, big game Sunday night. This is only the fourth time that two teams that are 6-0 and or, or better have met in NFL history. And I, I, I knew some of them the other day. I saw that you know, some of them are really old. One of them was a Vikings-Rams game in 1973. Um, one of them was more recent. I forget if it was Patriots-Colts. But anyway, it hasn't happened often. Who do you like in that game? I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you who I like. Let me give you some big trends off of that since I'm on the whole trend kick. It's only the fourth game out of the last 54 that Denver has been an underdog. How about that? Uh, Biggest home underdog since Peyton Manning, um, personally in his career since 2008. Um, So, you know, that's something to consider. Denver's 32-45 and ATS at home since 2006. That's going back a little bit too far for me. But uh, Coach McCarthy. Off of a bye is a perfect nine and O against the spread as Green Bay's coach. I don't know. I, I that's something you really just have to consider there. Um Denver's not playing well on offense, but damn they're good on defense. And I'm wondering if this is the first game where the Packers really, really feel the loss of Jordy Nelson. I'm wondering. But that stat there of them being nine and O off of the bye week, really scary to me, Amel. Um, I feel like Denver's yep. probably on some kind of borrowed time, and um, this is a this is a really great game. I might roll. I might roll with the Packers because if you're just not in the habit of making the Denver Broncos underdogs at home, if you're not in the habit of Peyton Manning being an underdog, the fact that you decided to do that now speaks volumes for me. I'm going to roll with a a very good Packers team, very good, uh, well-coached Packers team, and a Packers team with arguably, um, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm, I'm not sure on that after what I watched 12 do last night, but arguably the best quarterback in the game. I'm going to roll with the Packers. You can certainly make a case, and you know what? Uh, All those stats to me make this a pick for for Green Bay. I look at the game, and I say to myself – the Broncos have not been able to pull away from anyone in their six wins this year. I mean, all of them have been close. The biggest one was a 24-12 win against the Lions, and even that they were trailing in the second half. Uh, so that says to me, even if it's a close game, it's going to come down to someone having the ball at the end. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is so much better than Peyton Manning that if that's the case, I want Aaron Rodgers, not Peyton Manning. So in, in a game where it's a field goal game, I'm going to take the Packers in that spot. Yeah, I'm just anxious to see – 
Aaron Rodgers versus that Denver secondary, which has been playing very well. Um, and mind you, I'm Don't not even well. saying that Denver pass rush. Um, Aaron Rodgers just finds a way to like manage the pocket when he's under pressure. I just want to see yeah, he does. Um, his ball placement against guys in that Denver secondary that provide – Pretty tight coverage. All right, well, I, we've got to bring this guy on. His time's going to be short. We're always rushing him, but um, we're going to bring our man Les on really quick, see if he's going to um, either give us some picks or order a breakfast sandwich here. He, we, we, we can never tell the difference. Les, what's up, man? No picks. No what picks? On, How baby? about that? Nah. Coming on the show naked. Nah. No How about pick, your Lions, nah. man? How about, yeah, you would be the ultimate one to ask. Are you getting up? early and you're in where are you right now arizona yeah so that's that's what's that 7 30 for you i mean you're a guy that rises early anyway but you get right, up early right. early sunday morning to watch the lions take on the kansas city chiefs this will tell us everything we need to know not a chance in <laughs> that's what we, we we predicted that last that was our first pick of the weekend that not even less would get up to watch this game Man, I mean, and Les is, Les is Detroit. He's more Detroit than Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, this guy is oh, Detroit, yeah. and he's not even getting up. Man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like Stanford. I don't, man. I'm. It's sad, man. It's just sad. Too much talent, man. For for the for the type of disappointment that you see as a fan every week. But uh, I mean, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Hey, let me ask you this: if if Michael Vick became available, would you want him to play for the Lions and start over Stafford? Yeah. <laughs> what about Bobby oh, Lane? If, if we could bring back, would you, would you take Bobby Lane? Absolutely. He'd take Eric Hipple <laughs> right now at his current age. Eric Kramer? I'm going to keep throwing out Lions quarterbacks until he says no. Eric Kramer? <laughs> Absolutely, I'll take him. Andre Scott Weir. Mitchell? I, I'll take Scott Mitchell and Andre wherever this this piece is. Uh, he'd take Andre. He'd take hey, Andre. Hey, Mitchell hey, it's a family can. show. Uh, well, hey, I, I, I know I oh, know y'all man. got some NFL. I got I know y'all got some NFL listeners out there. I just want to let everybody know. Hey, Flug Flozell Adams, something to eat a dick. Oh my bad. Hey, my bad, my bad. good grief! <laughs> Wait, the senses are not even awake yet. Flozell Adams, why? Can you give I, us like a PG-rated version of why you are saying this? Nah, I just got something personal against the fat guy. <laughs> oh, good grief! One day we might have to bring you on to find out. And Wait, I'll, did Flozell Adams do something to you that, that 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 we need to know about off the air? Nah, he's just a batch. <laughs> <laughs> man, you better go have some cereal and get some coffee or something in you, man. You oh, are just man. on the bad vibes this Friday morning. Good grief. Nah, nah, man. I'm just I'm just trying to make light of some funny situation, man. I'm just Oh, kidding. well, you know, you know your boy's going to have to call you up and find out what the heck's going on right yeah, there. And then with he that. can but relay right, the man. story to me. I want to hear what happened to to my former left tackle Flozell Adams. Yeah, I know. All you're right. hurting my boy Emil here. This sounds like a group chat in the making. But, hey, man, I got to take off. I got to talk some high school football. So I appreciate you coming on and letting us know that you and Flozell Adams are not going to be sharing a beer anytime soon. Nah, tell him I want to punch him in his face. Hey, all right. <laughs> we'll let the big guy oh, know, man. 
He's he's not All a right. little guy, but I know you don't give a damn, man. Appreciate you coming. I don't up. give a flying no. Hey, <laughs> I had to cut my boy off there, man. He was, he was like he you, was about you to never know where, You never know where Les is taking that one. Whoa. I I know. I'm sorry, man. Les, if you're listening out there, I just couldn't take the chance, man. I hit the X button on you. All right, partner. Uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing your time here with us and our listeners and giving us your 6-0 and weekend. At least I know your NFL is going 3-0 and at better, damn it. Oh, yeah, at least that. Well, I'll see you on Monday, everybody. You guys have a good weekend. Enjoy the rest of the show, the high school football, and uh, we'll be back Monday morning. All right, going to take a quick break. Joshua Wilson's going to join us here to talk Florida high school football. We're getting down to the end of the season here. Uh, we'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show to talk about it right after this. Um, anytime me and Scott starts get together, we gotta call us the Illuminati. Whenever you see the G, it represents God in geometry. That's what the stencil for. I'ma take you deeper though. Now I'm just with you. Hey Scott, over here. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! the gridiron stud show and let's waste no time with it because i I'll, i always hate to cut this guy short and i always hate to cut this segment short but we're kind of running behind schedule here today so without further delay let me bring on my next guest he's on every week and uh we get to talk about the really great stuff that's going down tonight it's joshua wilson from florida hsfootball.com josh what's going on man let's launch into this thing i i personally and our, my team's got a really big one tonight as we take on hallandale um don't worry about the host. What are your thoughts on that game tonight? I guess he has no thoughts. Can't get Josh on. All right. Well, let me uh, figure out what's going on here. But nevertheless, uh, Florida High School football. Hold on. I'm here now. I'm here now. All right. There we go. Would you have the mute button hey. on on me? Uh, well, my mute button. I don't know how I got it. I think I had it muted and I put the screen back on, but here I am. <laughs> there there you go. There you go. Listen, going down Heritage Stadium tonight, 
the battle, the battle there in in 5A for the division. It is Hallandale visiting uh, American Heritage. Uh, forget I'm a coach on the team. What do you think about tonight's game? This is what we expected at the start of the before the season even started. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, oh man, I mean, I mean, it just in my mind, it's you know, it, I think I think home field advantage is what is it playing out for American Heritage. They're at home. They're 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 you know they're in front of their home crowd. This has been in how this is at Hallandale. I give Hallandale the home field advantage. You know. This is, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I think of this game. Is that it? it it's probably going to, it's going to come down right to that final minute, most likely. It's going to be whoever, whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. Yeah, you know, you know what Pinkos it, thinks? It, American Heritage by one, so he agrees with you yeah, on uh, just how how much this game is going to be uh, a nail biter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, considering last night there was a nail biter up in Jacksonville between Bulls and Reigns, between a number one versus number two in full race. So if you want you want to find nail biters, there you go. There's a, there was another one. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you you like these moments here in, in high school football. So uh definitely looking forward to tonight's game. I know all the folks from Hallandale are looking forward to it and we certainly are at American Heritage and uh, expected to be what high school football is all about, that's for sure. So um, outside of that game, what would you deem to be the next biggest game going on uh, in 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 South Florida, let's say? Let me not make you scan the whole state. I mean, South Florida, I mean, uh, I mean I, to, to be honest with you. You got Gables and Columbus. How about that one? Oh, that that one's a really good one, and you, you know it's not surprising that it's Gables and Columbus in that in that district. You know, I mean, I see, the, I mean, I saw that coming, but I think it's dealing with District 16 and 6A. With you got Carroll City, you've got Northwestern, you've got basically it's 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 do or die for either team right there. It's, you, you win mm-hmm. your playoffs, you lose, you're done. I mean, right, that's pretty much what it is, and I eat. And, tough way know, for that and, to be put, but that's what it is. Yeah, and, and and for and for and for Miami Central, Miami Central, even though they're not playing this week or next week, they're still really, you know, we have to talk about it because whatever happens in that Carroll City Northwestern game decides which way Miami Central is going to go. Carroll City wins, Miami Central's on the road. Miami Northwestern mm-hmm. wins. Well, hey, Miami Central's district champs. I mean that's yeah. how much that that game, you know, you know, Central they want Northwestern to win that game. Anybody else they want Carroll City to win it. I mean that's what it it boils down to tonight, and it's like yeah, they're not you they're know, not playing, but you know, in their minds they've got a lot at stake in that ball game. Yeah, it, but but you know, and I'll tell you what, it just you look at some of these districts and you, you see some of these districts. Oh, the scenarios are easy. But you look at some of the other districts around the state. I mean, I had one district where they had like eight different scenarios. I'm like, this is just. I mean, just breaking it down, it's like, it's amazing just what can happen. Like, I mean, I'll tell you this, and this is this might like come to a surprise to a lot of people. There's a district out in the Panhandle. If the two teams that are on, if the two teams that are actually in top of only one loss right this second lose tonight. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be tied two and two. It's a five. It's a five-team district. Two, two, five-way team, five-way tiebreaker shootout on Monday with all five teams. Have you ever seen that? I mean, that has only happened twice, and I have to give credit to Richard Burton, who's doing a history, doing a lot of history research. That's when was the last time it twice. happened? 1990. Good lord. 
1988 was the first time that ever happened. And for those doing the math, folks, that's 25 years ago. Most and, and most and these kids weren't even thought of yet. Okay, let's let's put it yeah. that way. If you, I mean, you, hell, you, I was graduating high school in 1990, so I was, uh, I was a little younger in 1990. I mean, it, it tells you. It, 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 I mean, that's a long time. I mean, Joshua, is that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing that we have that possibility? Uh, you know, going to take place here. I, I well but to be honest with you, the, 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 the newspaper writers that are out in the panhandle are probably are already starting to pull their hair out because they they're they're kinda like, Do we want this to happen or do we not want this to happen? You know, And like, how do you uh, how does that work for, for folks listening well, here? I don't think many of my listeners know how you even sort something like that out. So how does that work out now if you end up with five teams tied in a well, district? Well, it goes by overall record. So the number one, the best overall record is going to get the number one seed, and obviously they're going to they're going to get a buy in how the bracket works because you've got to get now you can, then you're going to have to sort you're going to have to sort and put the put the seeds together with the you know the, I mean the two and five and the three four seeds are going to have to play out and they'll have to play a quarter each. So they're looking at a possibility of let's see one two possibly I mean I mean it's, I mean because this is for both spots with five teams if that happens. I mean, it's one, you know, one, two, three. At least you're, you're looking at four, four, four full quarters being played of tiebreaker games, just to sort through, and, and just to sort through the whole thing. And, and there might be even a possibility that it could go five quarters, depending on what the result of the fourth quarter goes. You know, if the number one seed doesn't happen to be ends up losing that one quarter, and then they end up playing. So the number one seed's in pretty good position if. You know that if, if that particular hap- you know, scenario happens, but I mean, it's just I mean, if, if it happens, well, it's going to uh, be one for Using what you ages. know, you, using what you know, let's sort through let's sort through this a little bit. Uh, in your opinion, who's the best team out of those possible five that might be tied up neck and neck? Is there someone in your mind that's clearly above the other? Oh, and I mean, this you can consider okay, the, the district is District One for people who are who are looking for that particular district. It's District One. It deals with all the way from from. Pan, the Pensacola, the Panama City. That the best team, best team out of that mix is Bay, but really I have to give West Florida the edge as well because West Florida beat Bay. So that that's the question though is that you know I mean I mean this scenario wouldn't be even talked about if certain things didn't go the way they did last week. But if if it, Bay's going to be in the best position as a team overall. But if it comes down to it, and West Florida and Bay meet again in that one particular quarter, West Florida is gonna, you know, they're, they're gonna, you know, they have a chance to do it again. So it's, you know, they they know they know Bay's number. What you know, some of the other teams haven't been able to figure that out. West Florida did. So it's, I mean, I mean, I mean for district, I mean for district five A one. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a, it's history in the making if it happens. Let's just put yeah, it that way. No, you know, no doubt. Uh, another another uh, uh, another chance to say that this happened, and it will happen for the third time if that's indeed how it shakes out. Going back to this Coral Gables-Columbus uh, matchup, oh, yeah. Pinkos, has, Pinkos has Gables as, a six, as winning this by six points. Are you surprised by that prediction? Give us the reasons why that would be I, you a know, possibility. I, I'm surprised by it for one thing. I mean, it, I mean, it's just. It, I mean, my mind. I'm still sorting through because it really. The I know. I know the Columbus players just totally went total, total mad, mad rage when when the, when the Pinkos dropped earlier in the no, week. They had something I mean, to say I mean, about they it. They were. 
Oh yeah, they were they were literally mad. But, but I mean, I can understand the I can understand the frustration because you know it's here's Columbus nine and oh, Gables down seven and oh, but you know there's 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 one game you know, there's what one one or two games that there's a potential chance that you know that, that Gable should have maybe lost. You know, especially that first game of the season, they probably should have lost to Carroll City. They shouldn't have beaten Carroll City. So you know. I, I think, you know, you start to look at some of the stuff, you know, it's, you know, it's just, just really in my mind, you know, it's like, you know, I, you know, I still but take Columbus, Columbus has no built, what. Columbus has built a lot of momentum and strength and they've built a oh, mountain yeah. over the last couple of years off of the disrespect factor. And here's another opportunity for them to, um, you know, flex oh, yeah, their muscle playing. off of that. Oh yeah, they're playing the disrespect card here, and and I can I can see it totally. And, and you know what? Hey, I mean, I mean, I don't I don't agree with Pinko's own map pick. I don't agree with the thing. I, I think Columbus is that team that's going to win it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have predicted Columbus to win that district. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I and I gave a second. So I mean, it's still I still think it plays out that way. So I mean, Columbus fans don't get mad at me. <laughs> it was only Pinko's pick. Yeah, pick. yeah. Well, thinking, you know. Pinko's Pinko's deal is all computer generated, so uh, if the computer says that, Pinko's, yeah, no doubt. So I wouldn't get too mad off of it, but again, when you're in these battles here, you're looking for every little piece of something you could put up to get the troops motivated. So uh, I guess Pinko's is going to be the guy. He's going to be the rallying cry. Maybe they yell Pinko's as they bust through the banner (laughs) tonight running on the field. One of the things yeah, I always that's... like uh, on Friday is is to see your uh, tweets that say upset alert. So, um, and, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that happens on a Friday night that makes people say, wow. How about we do this? Give me a couple of some potential upset alert tweets. Let's, let's forecast the tweets that might be coming tonight. Um, give me some of those upsets that might happen here um, um, that that we might be looking out for tonight when we get on Twitter checking out Florida HS football. Yeah, I mean, some upset alerts that would really that, that would really um, – Crestview over Niceville, that would be an upset alert because Crestview has mm-hmm. done it before. I wouldn't put it past Crestview to do it again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, I just really think, I mean, we had the upset alert last night with, with, with me on beating Childs. Childs could have won the first, the first district child, the first district mm-hmm. title in school history. Right. All of a sudden, boom, it's like, wait a second, here we go, you know. So, yeah. it's, you know, you know, it's like, I mean, I mean, it's it's like it's just literally crazy just to think what, what these some of these things, and knowing that, like I said, with – um. With Crestview and Niceville, I mean, I've seen it happen before. Crestview's done it before. Beating Niceville, two force a shootout, and that would be the same. This would be the same situation. They would force a shootout just by beating Niceville and and and, and what would happen because the other game that's uh, Choctawatchee uh, and Fort Wall Beach, Choctawatchee is most likely going to run over the rival. That you know, if that happens, yeah, everybody's going to have a field day on the panhandle already. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that that even has a possibility. What what does Force Hill have a chance of beating Dwyer? Any chance? No, no, no. I I just (laughs) I mean Dwyer Dwyer's already the district champ, so this game's probably nothing mounted to Miller Hill beans for Dwyer. Like yeah, Mm. I mean Dwyer might just rest some players and just say, hey, we're gonna we're just gonna go and do what we gotta do, but. I mean, I think another upset alert, and, I'm, and just in my mind thinking about it, is 
if if it, this could happen, and I don't know if it, I don't know if Baron Baron Collier's got it to be able to beat Naples, but if Baron Collier beats Naples, they're in a situation. This is the only district tiebreaker situation scenario that I have found where it comes down to all three teams that would be tied in their district, which is just this is District Six A Twelve out over there in, over there mm-hmm. near Naples. The district would come down to all three teams being tied at seven two overall record. They could not the head to heads would not be, be able to match mm-hmm. at all, forcing the teams to have to meet problems tomorrow to decide a random draw. To you figure out random, who's host the tie. I break. love those random draws. Make you feel good about <laughs> what happens and goes down. Good oh, um. I mean, a random draw just to decide who's going to host a tiebreaker. I mean, it happened last year in a Polk County district between Bartow, Haines City, and and, believe, and I know one other team that's slipping my mind right this second. But mm-hmm. man, this is. I mean, and to be honest with you, this goes all these tiebreaker scenarios, all this stuff that you know we talk about. I really, I, you know, I just wish we could do something like what a lot of districts in Texas do: go to a cap point system, figure out your, figure out that just break your tie that way and. You know what? Put district games all the way to week eleven. I mean, I mean, week eleven to me is—I mean, I hate to say it—it's kind of a garbage mm-hmm. week for a lot of teams. I mean, everybody goes, "Oh, it's rivalry week." Well, most of the time, the games end up being blowouts. I mean, what, what's the point of playing week eleven when you your your, your playoff fate is already decided for you? Yeah, uh, some I mean, would argue that hey, you know, it's week eleven, about to head into the playoffs, and then we've had this very difficult game that wasn't fair to us. I, I could see that argument coming. I can see that argument coming, but you, but when you look at the states, Georgia, Texas, I mean, a lot of states, they play the district games right down to the final week, and then boom, they're in the playoffs next week. So I it mean, would be I, nice I, I, to have the playoffs maybe decided on that final week. That would add some intrigue. Okay. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I would like this, I would like everything to come down. I, I mean, my mind, why can't everything just come right down to that final week and then just have it, you know, just you know, settle it out, you know, and if you end up with a three-way tie, you if you can't break it through head-to-head, you know, you, you use a cap point system. I mean, I, I cap it at 18 points, you know, you you cap it at 18 points plus up or, plus, or minus down, you know, you cap it even if, so if, if a team, you know, wins by 30 points, they're only going to get 18 for that particular game. And that only involves when you're looking at the teams that are tied with, you know, coming down to those head-to-head with those points and then, you know, I, it, my understanding, the way I've – of course, I I, I, hit, I keep in the forgetting every time I you know learn it because you know it's it, it doesn't stick mm-hmm. mentally because of what happened you know because we don't use it here. But you know the, right. the most who has the who has the biggest point advantage, you know out of the cap points when you add the points up, you know then you know that that's the team that gets. That well, good luck, the, uh, you, know, you know, pushing pushing that agenda and see if we could get you know the FHSA to change well, anything that they're doing. We'll we'll, be, we'll see about that. How, how about this interesting one? Glade Central and yeah. Cluiston tonight. Uh, could we see an upset alert there? Could Cluiston somehow bump off Glade Central? And what would that you know, mean it, in the district? Okay, I, I could see, I could see that as a potential upset alert. Yes, definitely. You know, because you know Cluiston, you know Cluiston's probably a little angry right now that they've dropped a couple of games that they shouldn't have. You know, you know they probably were really you know thinking, hey, this is our game. We're going to go win it, no, mm-hmm. no matter when or lose. You know, no matter where it's at. And right. for them, Cluiston, you, when Cluiston wins this game, you got a three-way tiebreaker. That's that's what you've got. You you got a three-way tiebreaker shootout at Glade Central come Monday night. 
And and again, so, tell me tell me how that gets solved. So the three way tiebreaker would be between University School, Clewiston, and Glade Central. And and so give me the details on that. Give our okay. listeners the details on that. How that works out. Okay. So in, in, in most most tiebreaker situations, you end up with a three team tiebreaker situation, which this would be the case here. In that case, Glade Central is the host. They'd be number one seed, so they're going to get a first quarter bye. Closed in the university school will play that first quarter. So whoever wins the first quarter is going to advance to the second quarter against Glade Central. Mm-hmm. Now, if Glade Central wins that second quarter, they'll be the district champ. But whoever merges out of that first quarter will be the runner-up. Now, if the team that merged out of the first quarter beats Glade Central in that second quarter, Glade Central then has to face the loser of that first quarter in the third quarter to decide the runner-up spot. So, you know, it means... And this would be solved on Monday? This would all be solved on Monday. One quarter, one quarter, one quarter. Just just a quarter. Basically, you're... Right. I put it this way. A whole quarter comes down to your season either being... You're advancing the week 12 in the playoffs or your season will be done after that coming Friday night. If you've got a That's a... Uh, that would be a bitter pill to swallow. So uh, that, that's why that's why that's why I advocate for a different kind of tiebreaker. I would hate for I hate to see teams. I would rather it come down all to the final game of the season, not on a tiebreaker like that. I mean, that's a hmm. very bitter pill to have to swallow if you know you're any of those three teams. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, you know what's funny? You know what's funny is that coaches are already talking about this on Twitter. We're, we're watching the Twitter streaming. There's coaches going back and forth between. Texas and Florida, and they're saying you know it's like that the, they would rather do the to, they they'd rather do the what they said to buy the total point like the the point system. Yeah, there's like something very optimist, Pop Warner ish about solving it that way. But it, you know it is what it is. It does make for a certain amount of intrigue. So there should be quite a few eyes on that Glade Central versus Clewiston matchup tonight. Oh, Pinko yes. says Glade Central by seven in that contest, and I know the folks at University School are certainly hoping that Pinko's is right on that one. They do have no interest, I, I would think, in wanting to do the whole shootout thing at Glade Central on a Monday. So uh, no, that's definitely one to watch. Here's something I don't think I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, this is the yeah. highest I've ever seen, the biggest number I've ever seen in Pinkos. And it, they ha- he has tonight Shamanad Madonna by 84 points over Archbishop Carroll. Um, I, hate to be, I hate to be this kind of guy. Why are they still playing football at Archbishop Carroll? Considering Archbishop Carroll just bring us to bring a varsity football team back this year, considering they didn't even have anything last year. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I mean, this is this goes back to all the point, and I hate to do it because I like to be I like to be positive, you know, mm-hmm. about that. You know, I like to be positive in, in the best way possible about any team, but for some teams in this state, especially at the smaller school level, I ask, why are you fielding a football team that one is costing you money and probably more than mm-hmm. you're spending out? I understand, yeah, it's extra activity. You want to encourage mm-hmm. athlete, you want to encourage athletics, but mm-hmm. you have to figure out where to draw the line. Is football a viable option for your school? And for, yeah. for a lot of those um, smaller schools, and do you care enough about it? Yeah, yeah and care enough about you, it. I mean, you look at Class 2A now, basically outside minus two or three teams, I hate to say it, Class 2A is totally a, it, it's a dumpster fire this year. I mean, it's literally, it's, it's, it's not a you know, let's class. talk Let's talk Class 2A. I'm glad that you brought it up. 
Um, I haven't been following. Champagnat Catholic, are they in the playoff race, or are they out of this thing? If 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 for somehow, I mean, what what's going to happen? You know, Dave Christian beats Glade's Day tonight. There's a three way tiebreaker because all everybody else will be one two in that district trying to figure out who the, who the run who the runner up should be. So they're going to three way tiebreaker. And actually, I just got an email from a, from a village from Village Academy's head coach about what the you know the possibility you know what everything that's going to go on since. You know, I mean, it's just in a. So there would be you know, if Dade Christian can beat Glade Day tonight. Uh, we've got a three-way tie between Dade Christian, Glade Day, Champagnat. Is that what we got? Uh yeah, that's pretty much basically it. So you know, you know, so I mean, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with with that particular dish. I mean, I think, I mean, in my mind. I think Dade Christian wins it because I mean I mean in Glades Day I think I've lost I mean my confidence in Glades Day kind of went out the door a few weeks ago so wow you know, when, when, uh, when, I mean especially especially when they lost to Moorhaven back early on the season I that that totally I'm like wait a second what the heck I mean we're supposed to beat Moorhaven Moorhaven wasn't supposed to be this good team Moorhaven is sitting on you see that's another thing Moorhaven Moorhaven sitting on a potential tiebreaker scenario in their own district. I mean, they've only had that one. They've only had one loss this year. So I mean, it, wow. So they're, they're, that's another surprise right there. I mean, there's three teams in their district, seven and one. Yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. A, now, you know, I wish I we had more time to. Yeah, I wish we had more time to discuss oh, all yeah. of the uh, all of the potential tiebreakers. But we're running out of time here on the show. We're down to the last the last sixty seconds here. So. Um, you know, the, obviously tonight is is a very very big night. I think your Twitter account is probably going to break because everyone's going to be on it. There is the score stream. I do advise folks to get on that and check that out and yeah, stay up to date the on app. everything. Yeah, you have to download, download the, the app and, and be it. on that thing. Yeah, crucial crucial thing for you to be on. So um, uh, definitely, thank you for coming on and sorting some of this stuff out. We didn't even get to all of it. Thanks, Josh. Oh yeah, appreciate it. All right, and uh, looking forward to that segment next week as things are gonna things are gonna really be uh, topsy turvy after this week of action going into week eleven. So hey, listen, we hit it all today. We gotta hurry up and run here, but definitely appreciate you all coming on and listening to us uh, as you do every 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 Friday. You gotta love the Friday football show. I'm gonna take off. You're all set for high school, college, and NFL football. Come back and see us on Monday. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.